It's been so long that I don't even remember how we do this. Welcome back to Gumshoe Weekly. <laughs> Let me try that again. <laughs> Welcome back to Gumshoe Weekly. The epicenter for mayhem, mayhem, and mayhem. <laughs> what a dab of mystery. <laughs> With a dab. Just a dab. The lightest flavorings mm-hmm. of mystery. Sprinkle. And conspiracy bit. to commit murder and such. Mm-hmm, All mm-hmm, of the above. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know why you're here, folks. I'm your host, Brianna. I'm your host. Judy Garland. Judy? Judy? Garland? <laughs> Come on down to get a soda pop with me. <laughs> wow, we've never been sued before, but <laughs> maybe this time. This might be the day. You know, guys, it's the first time for everything. We're going to do this all together. <laughs> for you guys, it's only been a week. For us, it's, been it's like damn three. near been a month. <laughs> yeah, it's been so long since we have recorded. Yeah. But you know, life happens. Quite vigorously. <laughs> All right. Do you have a question? I have a I question. Don't. You do. I heard. Someone told me. Um, I don't know if we ever asked this question before, but what was the thing that got you into true crime? Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> so I actually never listened to any true crime podcasts until I became friends with you. <laughs> uh, but I have always loved murder. So. <laughs> I'm quite fond of murder. <laughs> I quite like when they do murder on people. <laughs> anyway, so I would watch a lot of, like, true crime TV shows or, like, the reenactment shows where it's, like, it's not necessary. Like, it's not a... The shows where they just reenact the whole case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I have always loved, like, cop shows, so... Mm-hmm. The true crime shows are really what I feel like the next step when you're, like... Like, I love you, Olivia, but, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Could a case end a different way? <laughs> Could a case end in a happy way ever? Yeah, yeah. So, that kind of thing. Um, I actually caught one of those episodes, like, the ending, and I turned it on in fucking Cassidy, or whatever his name is, from the first season, that cop that was her old partner that she was fucking, was, is back I don't watch it. On the show. Any of this. Dean Winters. Uh-huh. You used to watch it with your grandma, right? I did, but not... Like, I never cared... I never cared about the personal part of it. Ever. Really? <laughs> the only thing I could remember is, like, Olivia was so annoying because my grandmother constantly talked about how much she hated her. <laughs> really? Yeah, my grandma would be like, ah, oh, she's just fucking ruining the case, that stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> because she always got way too personal with it. Oh, yeah. You know, that's the cop thing. Yeah. Um, I... I always loved Stabler until the episode, like, when he, he started to do his heel turn where he starts to beat the shit out of people. <laughs> I and I was shit. like, Olivia, please, <laughs> fix this. Get your boy, Olivia. Then they fired him, so. <laughs> but don't worry. He's a, he's a cop again. Okay, good, good, good. Have you watched any of that yet? I want to watch no, it. No, re- like I said, I don't really watch live TV. I don't. I yeah. really watched, I'll answer the question now. <laughs> I got super into it with my grandmother because that was her show, Law and Order, Criminal Minds. Like we used to watch that shit all the time, and then also, um, you know, the reenactment shows. But for sure, um, We're Law the and same Order. Person. Yeah, it was definitely my grandma. She got us both into. It. <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, it was just mostly true crime. Uh, that kind of stuff. Alonzo was the one who got me into true crime podcasts. I didn't know podcasts were a wow, thing. Wow, it's like a gateway. It is. Who got Alonzo into it? <laughs> That's the question. Probably his dad. We need to follow it all the way to the top. <laughs> uh, yeah, true crime for sure, my grandma. Podcast for sure, Alonzo. Um, that guy was also on um, that show, Wayne. Did you watch that? No. That shit is fucking hilarious. He plays mm. a Boston dad. It's about this kid named Wayne who's just, a, everybody's fucking scared of him. He's a terror. But he's, like, the sweetest kid. He's super loyal to all his friends. And, like, he doesn't like when injustice is happening. So he, like, beats the shit out of people. How old is this child? <laughs> he's, like, 16. <laughs> oh, my God. But um, Sierra Bravo comes to his house, and they, she has, like, this super thick, they both, they all have thick-ass Boston accents. It's like Mark Wahlberg talking to himself. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she's selling... Uh, fucking uh, Girl Scout cookies to him, and he goes, "Do you want to like you want to be my girlfriend? Come upstairs. You want to come upstairs? Like, and then he, they go upstairs. She's like, "All right." So they're sitting upstairs, and he starts playing music, and he's like, "You want to listen to music?" And he starts just jumping around. <laughs> She's like, uh, "Okay." He goes, "You want to be my girlfriend?" She goes, "You got money to buy co- uh, Girl Scout cookies?" <laughs> he said, "No." She goes, "Well, get some Girl Scout cookies, and we'll talk." <laughs> And that's how the show starts, basically. Like, his dad has cancer. His dad dies. But his dad got, like, fucked over by his mom because she took his car, that like, his prized possession car, broke out to Florida to go live with this scuzz bag. And that's basically it. He's like, I'm going to go back and get my dad's car. And Ooh. on his way from Boston to Florida, he's like, they're causing fucking mayhem throughout the whole <laughs> trip, like, fucking people up. He goes to her house, and he's like, do you want to come with me to Florida? She goes, I don't have a bikini. He goes... We'll get you one. And then she beats up. I'm loving the (laughs) thoughts. The thought process of these two kids. Yeah. He beats up like her dad. He beats up her brothers. And then they go. So everybody's basically after them. And they're on their way to go get the car. Like the police, right? Yeah. (laughs) Can't this be doing assault? The police, his principal, his friend. Like his friend becomes friends with the principal. And they're like, we got to go save Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) What? It's a really good fucking show. Uh, oh. But Dean Winters plays the dad, the girl's dad, and he's a piece of shit. Oh, <laughs> he plays a good piece of shit. He plays mayhem for sure. <laughs> it's so he's... funny. He gets like his nose ripped off. It's a really good show. Before we get uh, started, we thought we should just kind of read you guys some of your funny answers you've submitted so far. Which, if you don't know, you can answer the questions that we ask each other every episode on our Instagram, which is Gumshoe Weekly. Um, we have a few questions here that have funny answers. So, so the, for the episode where we asked, uh, what is your most toxic trait? Um, one of you answered twice and said, double dipping pre-COVID, obviously. And then said, because it says who submits them. Their follow-up answer to the same question was, oh, and I am a raging bitch. (laughs) So, and then another person just said, I'm negative, which valid. That's a valid one. Who's your favorite Disney princess? I think that was from the same episode. Uh, one of you said princess movie, Tangled, princess in general, Merida, which also valid. <laughs> I have a good one. We asked the question, if you were a dictator of a country, what country things, what crazy, what the fuck? What crazy dictator things would you do? <laughs> the answer, wait, <laughs> the answer was... The only shoes allowed would be Crocs with fur inserts. 
jail. <laughs> uh, the only. So that means you're doing yard work. <laughs> and your shoes are full of hot, wet, dirty fur. Oh, I have another one. Okay. What do you think is the most annoying color? From episode 60. Mm-hmm. Somebody wrote laser lemon yellow. <laughs> I feel like my eyes hurt thinking about the color. Yeah. Somebody else wrote a uh, pea, pea green. Pea green. Yeah, pea green. Classy guys. I love Classy. the I love the description of the word. Uh, this person, if you could, so for ep- another episode sixty was if you could have an exotic animal as a pet, what would it be? And this person said box turtle. Is that? Not a regular I don't pet. Know what that is. Is that not a regular turt? <laughs> I thought that was a regular turtle. But And from episode three, so very long ago, which body part would you choose to lose? This one, guys, was a multiple choice. Fingers, every toe, a pinky toe, and the butt. Everyone chose pinky toe. <laughs> <laughs> No one wanted to lose the butt. Yeah. So, that was awesome. Make sure you keep, uh, there's a fun little highlight in our Instagram. So, make sure you guys check that out and answer them. And we could talk about your answers on our next question episode. Yes, as long as they're funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> only the funny ones will be read. Only the funnies. Funny bitches only. <laughs> Alrighty then, let's jump right into it. All right. That audio. <laughs> <laughs> the back of my hands, if I rubbed them together, it'd be like, it'd be like um, the father from Proud Family's rusty ankles rubbing together <laughs> to start a fire. <laughs> Mom always said my ankles are rusty enough to that they could start a fire. <laughs> proceeds to start a fire with his rusty ankles. <laughs> You're saying rusty, and I think the word is ashy. <laughs> Is it not? I don't think they used the word ashy because it was Disney and it was like the early 2000s and they were very catered to the whites. (laughs) To the whites? I think that was like one of the only black families on... It definitely was the only black family show. I think it was that. That's So Raven was on at the same time too. But isn't that... Was that both... Were they both Disney? Yeah. Interesting. That's So Raven and Proud Family. They might not have been on at the same time though. Same time frame, though. Hmm. Anyways, I think about that dance that they do with the peanuts all the time. Ugh, I hate those peanut things. I hate their heads. <laughs> We're legumes. Anyways, <laughs> I think I saw that movie once. <laughs> I remember. I never saw it because I hate those fucking peanuts. I remember peanuts. all of this. And then the, 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 the little rich kid where they're like, you guys want to ride on my yacht? <laughs> like, they're like, I think it's pronounced yacht. And he's like, I own it, so it's a yacht. <laughs> It was like a famous little 13-year-old. I know. It was supposed to be like Little Romeo or something. It yes. was supposed to be about him. Yes. I own it, so it's a yatch. So it's a yatch. <laughs> I like it. That's the best thing I've ever fucking heard. I like it. It was that so good. That reminds me of fucking that, uh, that fucking TikTok. <laughs> Wait, was it Bobby Schmerda? I don't know, maybe. Let me draw out a boat. <laughs> oh, I don't remember who that is. Let me draw out a boat. It was the guy. It was It's a Knife. No. The guy that, is it, oh. wasn't it? Where they were like, hey, um, is that a cross tattoo on your forehead? And he goes, it's a knife. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Who is 
that? I don't he remember. Had, he got that knife that it's in between def- his eyebrows. It's not eyebrows. Bobby Schmurder. Bobby Schmurder just got out of jail. Did he? I didn't know he yeah. was in jail. Kodak Black. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Let me drive the boat. Issa Knife is uh, <laughs> 21 Savage. <laughs> <sighs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Let's fucking do this. Okay. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock. Scissor. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Paper. Scissor. One, one and one. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Scissor. Rock. You win. I win. You win. I win. I think I went. I'm a wiener. I'm a wiener. Mm-hmm. I think I want... You to go. Do you? First. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> Welcome. To this shit show called My Life. No, my episode. My podcast. Our podcast. My brand. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> Is there anything else I can add? It's a knife. It's a knife. <laughs> All right. So this episode is uh, mayhem, if you didn't get it from the beginning, which is 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. I did think about that. I was like, oh, should we announce again that it's mayhem? And then I was like, I said it five times at the beginning. <laughs> I have a fun little thing we're going to do today. And we're going to talk about people's last words. Ooh, that mm-hmm. one's fun. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I'll give you a little snippet of what they did and then their last words. And that's it. <laughs> All right, let's start with our first one. On Christmas Eve in 1982, Newton and Erlene Brown were shot to death in their home that was being burglarized. The killers were found and brought in. Um, It consisted of 20-year-old Jimmy Glass and his partner, Jimmy Wingo. Mm -hmm. The pair had escaped from the Webster Parish Jail the day before, um, you know, the day before Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. Both blamed each other for the crime. And both ended up on the electric chair. Jimmy Glass's last words were, I'd rather be fishing. He was executed by electrocution in Louisiana on June 12th, 1987. So a couple years later. Next one. Jeffrey David Matthew came up with a plan with a partner named Tracy Dyer to rob Jeffrey's 77-year-old uncle. They rushed into Otis Short's home, his great uncle, shot him in the head once at close range with a .45 caliber. That's fucked up. Yeah. Sorry. They weren't just robbing him. Mm-mm. Also, we'll kill a man. Yeah. With a .45 caliber pistol and one, and then proceeded to cut the throat of his wife, Minnie. They only got away with $500 in cash and one gun. However, Minnie did survive the attack. The murder weapon was found buried in a field behind Matthew's home. And they found a prescription bottle of Xanax issued to Minnie short in his house. Xanny bars? Yeah. Uh, Dyer, uh, the partner, 36, had pled guilty to first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole because he testified against Matthews at trial. Like a snitch, bitch. (laughs) fucking snitch! In 1996, he recanted his statements. Of course. Uh Uh-huh. Matthews, was it Matthews? Yeah. Matthews' final words were, let my mother know I love her. I just want to thank everyone for their support. I also want to thank all of my buddies on death row. I hear you banging. I hate to see you all in this situation. Matthew told his relatives, I'm sitting here enjoying my last moments. Enjoy your lives. I think that the governor's phone is broken. He hadn't called yet. Oh. He would be executed by lethal injection in Oklahoma on January 11, 2011. Oh. 
you know that last call that you can get to stop you yeah from being... yeah <laughs> yeah that's rough mm-hmm. but you killed somebody and it was like your family yeah um okay new one on september 4th 1991 robert charles towery was running his own me- mechanic business and one of his clients uh was mark jones 68 who was a paradise valley philanthropist Mm -hmm. with a transplanted heart um he was close he was fairly close to him he had lent him money and offered him business advice which i feel like i wouldn't be doing with my mechanic (laughs) (laughs) robert had an accomplice randy barker in on his plan to rob this client mark jones they took a cab to jones house and told jones they needed to use the phone because their car had broken down shit hit the fan very quickly, and they held Jones at gunpoint and ransacked the house. They forced him into a bedroom, and there Barker claimed, uh, the partner claimed that Towery injected Jones with battery acid, telling him it would make him sleep. Uh Fuck. Barker claims that Jones pretended to sleep and that Towery then strangled him to death. Barker was given a 10-year prison sentence in exchange for his testimony against Towery, and was released from prison in 2001. However, Robert Towery was put on death row for nearly two decades, and in his last words, he apologized to his family and to the victims. He talked about bad choices he had made, and then he said as he appeared to be crying, I love my family, potato, potato, potato. Those were his last words. Hmm. His reference to potatoes was a message to a nephew who witnessed the execution and referred to the sound made by a Harley Davidson motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Towery's attorney, Dale Bach, said it was Towery's way of telling his nephew that everything was okay. He was also executed by lethal injection. Attorney or his nephew? His nephew. He was talking to his nephew when he said that. Oh, okay. Yeah. George Engel was a German immigrant who had lost faith in the political process and joined the International Working People's Association. In 1886, a big rally full of anarchists and labor activists turned violent when a bomb was thrown at the police, killing seven of them. Although nobody knew who threw it, Ingle, who was at home playing cards when it happened, was convicted of the murders and went to the gallows. Okay. His last words, hurrah for anarchy. This is the happiest moment of my life. Oh my God. Which I feel like is big dick energy. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like there's nothing like that will steal away your power more than to be like, I want this. Yeah. Thank you you. guys. Thanks. (laughs) This is good and I like it. (laughs) Yeah. So big dick energy, like I said. Mm -hmm. All right. Time jump. 1958. James French murdered a driver who picked him up from hitchhiking. While serving his life sentence, which he was very adamant about not even wanting, um, the trial... Uh, because when the trial started, he asked for the death penalty immediately. He didn't want life. He wanted death. Oh, okay. <laughs> Guilty, kill me. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a, a yeah. parking ticket. <laughs> I recommend death row for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, they obviously denied him. He decided that he didn't want to live anymore, but was too afraid to end his own life. Oh. So, he killed his inmate. To compel the state to execute him by electric chair. Okay. Which was fully aware of the consequences of his actions, making an immediate voluntary confession and explaining that he murdered Shelton because Shelton, his roommate, was stupid and refused to shape up. <laughs> this is not funny. <laughs> when he... 
when he went to trial for Shelton's murder, French exegetes sentenced him to death and deny all future appeals because he wished to die in the electric chair. And he explained that he committed the murder to compel the state of Oklahoma to execute him. The judge obliged his request. In later years, uh, French's last words before his death by electric chair would be, be said to have been, how's this for your headline, French fries? Oh my God. <laughs> However, reporter Bob Gregory attended the execution and corroborated that French's last real words were, uh, everything's already been said. Which is very similar to my shit, which is, it is what it is. Yeah. (laughs) It is what it is. So, yeah, he said that his actual real words were everything's already been said, and that days prior, um, Gregory had met with French for an interview in the office of the warden of the Oklahoma State Penitentiary, Mm -hmm. and it was during this interview that Gregory reported, reported that the following exchange took place. They shook hands as French prepared to turn to death, return to death row. Mm-hmm. He leaned over to say, if I were covering my execution, do you know what I'd say in the newspaper headline? What? French fries. See ya. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. So that one's fun. I mean, not fun, but fun. <laughs> that one was a good time. <laughs> All right. And last but not least was Francis Crowley. He was a part of a two-hour shootout with the New York City Police Department on May 7th, 1931. Um, That was witnessed by 15,000 people, bystanders, and received national attention. And on May 29th, less than three weeks after his arrest, Crowley was tried and convicted of the murder of a police officer, Frederick Hirsch. His partner, uh, Crowley's partner, Fats Deringer. Stop. (laughs) <laughs> His name is Fats Deringer? Yeah. Was found guilty of the murder of Virginia Brannan, um, which I believe is another cop. Both men were sentenced to death on June 1st. Crowley was sentenced to death by electric chair, but not after spending his last year on death row at Sing Sing Pr- Prison in Osinning. Osinigan, New York, he remained a disciplinary problem even then. St- <laughs> he stuffed his prison uniform down a toilet, set fire to his bed, and frequently crafted homemade weapons. <laughs> Just, you know, an all-around little shit. Arts and crafts. Uh-huh. Um, however, his attitude became somewhat more serene as his execution neared. He had reportedly adopted a, star- a starling that frequently flew in and out of his cell. Cute. On January 21st, 1932, Crowley's last words to Warden Lewis Laws were to ask for a rag. Referring to... <laughs> This was because he was referring to Deringer's death in the same electric chair. Crowley said, I want to wipe off the chair after that rat sat in it. Oh my god. <laughs> it is not clear if the request was granted. With this one, there was a few contradicting statements in his last words, such as him saying, they think, some people say what he actually said is, this is what I get for defending myself. And another one said, um, you sons of bitches, give me, give my mother... You sons of bitches, give my love to my mother. I love that. Crowley was only 19 when he was executed. Oh. Yeah. That's but tough. he had like a past, like a really bad criminal past. They uh-huh. said that um, his mom put him up for adoption. Like his, he kind of came from like an abusive family. They think that his hate for cops was because his dad was a cop. Oh. Yeah. Brace yourself to fall down this Reddit rabbit hole. <laughs> okay. Like, it gets fucking serious. And it's going to be a roller coaster, so just ride with it. So, um, 
Initially, I found out about this by user Joy LKL. So it's it's either sped, spelled J O Y L K L or J O Y I K I. I can't tell. And then I got my other information from the Taipei Times. I got further information on the Reddit. And there was also a lot of input from this specific user. Let me find them. Coella-can. It's C-O-E-L-A-C-A-N. And they kind of both went back and forth on the post. So that's where pretty much all my information was from. Except for like, I think I use Wikipedia as well. In 2006... <laughs> Why you look like that? Because I can't remember the pronunciation I just looked up. Wailane, Taiwan. Police respond to a call from neighbors complaining about a bad smell emanating from a house. Once they breach the home, they, they find the source of the smell appears to be coming from a bathroom that is com- completely, seal- completely sealed shut with tape. You sound like a newscaster. I was... <laughs> So I wrote around a post-it note, but some of them I forgot to go line to line. So I was like, one, two, one, two. (laughs) So I was like, okay. Why do you have a post-it note in the middle of the fucking notebook, you psychopath? Because I was taking notes and I just... Well, then if you look down here, I wrote my story over the note. So... You're too chaotic with your notes. I don't understand it. It's an integral part of my (laughs) learning, I guess. Okay. The bathroom is completely sealed shut with tape. The windows and door are sealed. There were five bodies, um, hands and legs tied with wire, facial features sealed with adhesive tape, and heads covered with plastic bags. Wow. They were identified as the five children as Leo Chi Chin and Lin Tan Mai. I'm sorry if I pronounced those wrong. I looked up the pronunciation, you guys, I promise. The husband was 48, the wife was 35. It was their, it, so the, it was Leo's 18 and 17 year old sons and 12 year old daughter from his previous marriage. And then it was the nine year old daughter and eight year old son from their marriage together. They had been dead for three days and there weren't signs of a struggle and they appeared to be unconscious and possibly poisoned before being smothered. The parents were missing. They launched an investigation into the parents' whereabouts, fearing that they had either fallen victim or been the perpetrators. We don't know. The couple owned a tourist photography business, but hadn't been to work since the murders. Until finally, Sunday, the officials found the parents' car parked at the township train station in Wailan County. When they could not locate the parents further, they began to suspect that they fled the... This house was abandoned, and the smell is what caught people's attention? Yes. And they had died three days before... They were found. And the bathroom was completely sealed shut with tape. Okay, I see what you're saying now. So the smell must have been very bad, but it was from five bodies. That's a lot. All in a bathroom, so also the bathroom's... Small room. If there's no air condition, depends the season. Mm -hmm. The parents were not at the scene. They hadn't been to work they found their car but the car was abandoned at a train station so the police began to think that they fled after killing their children so here's what we don't understand 
The cause of death was unclear because the autopsy showed that they weren't drugged or poisoned. And there was a possibility that they hadn't all died on the same day. The doors of the house were locked from the inside with steel bars across the door, sealing them shut. And there was iron grating over the house's windows. So the question is, how did the murderers or the parents leave? Um, They also found two cigarette butts at the crime scene. They did DNA DNA tests on them um, because they were like, these have to belong to like the murder. And there was none of the, the smoker wasn't any of the residents of the house. It wasn't any of the kids and it wasn't the parents. Further, there were no prints found in the house or on the corpses, um, suggesting that someone wore gloves during the whole thing. And when they investigate further, they found that on Wednesday, so the bodies are found Friday and they'd been dead for three days. On Wednesday, the mother had called the school of some of the kids saying that they would be out because they were sick. Mm-hmm. So, but we think they were already dead at that time. Yeah. So, there's more. There's more. There's more. So, it's going to start to get to be a little bit of a roller coaster. So, just stop me if you're having a trouble following. Okay. Here's some weird things that have come up in the, a, uh, the investigation. Mm-hmm. So, Leo was... He, I had previously mentioned they had that business, right? So, he had around $3 million, um, of their money, which would be in U.S. about $91,000 of debt, which he'd gone into uh, with their business. Like, they heavily invested a lot of money into it and were in a very big debt. Um, so there was a big question of whether or not the creditors were involved in the murders, like the loan sharks. Um, they also had said that a few of his relatives, neighbors, and friends said that he might have a, he might have psychological problems. Oh. Yes. Well, if he's, sounds like a family annihilator. That's, yes, but then where's the way? So, this was in 2006. Wow. The cops begin in the next years to just kind of accept the fact that they think the parents killed the kids and then moved somewhere to start over. Like, they fled. They're accepting this. Yeah. This is, like, the accepted, like, we didn't solve it, but this is what the solution is. Yeah. Kind of coming to their own conclusion. Mm Mm-hmm. So this was in 2006. So nine years later, June 15th, 2015, in Taipei, Wailan... Wailan County, Wailan County, a pair of skeletal remains are identified as belonging to a couple who um, they think murdered their family. Uh, it was a local hunter that discovered them. It was They in, think that this couple that they found murdered their family. It's that couple, though. Oh, okay. It's the, it's the parents. Okay. So... No, I mean, they're like, we think these people who we just found murdered their family. These skeletons... Look nefarious. Yeah. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> yeah. So, um, a hunter found them in, like, a hilly area mm-hmm. on June 10th. So, they identified them on the 15th. Okay. And they think that they have either died by hanging or ingesting poison. But I'm confused about the hanging, because, like, it's not like you found them, like, hang- hanging in a tree. They hung them and then buried them after? 
I don't know. Or I, maybe they think that... They said they found skeletal remains. It didn't say they were buried. Because the implication is that, like, they think that they killed themselves. By hanging, I, I feel like that's the only Hanging way people... or ingesting poison. Oh, that's a lot. That's two very different things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then this is when... Maybe because they were, like, strangled? Like, maybe there were signs of that? Like, the pathway stopped working? I don't know. I don't know, because they didn't have bones. Like, they didn't have skin or anything left. <laughs> it had been nine years. So, this is when, like, the Redditor gives their thoughts, the original person. They said that they think that it is... So, they said... They were like, here's what I think is important to the case. Mm-hmm. Mass family suicide is not uncommon in the East. However, the method was bizarre. Poison would be the most common method, not suffocation. If it was a suicide, why were the children's hands and legs tied up? Uh, why the adhesive tape? Like, why would the kids kill themselves but also need to be restrained? Yeah. Um, why would the parent parents move away and then commit suicide elsewhere? Mm-hmm. Um, why wouldn't they go out with their children, as with many other cases? And storing the bodies in the bathroom is unusual, and the tape in the plastic bags also unusual. And then they said, why weren't there any fingerprints? If you're going to kill yourself, why bother hiding your fingerprints? And they also said the fact that there was no sign of struggle, but also no sign of poison or drug is also strange. Then this Redditor was theorizing that they had ran in with the mafia from the debt. Um, That's what I was thinking. Yeah, they think the debtors wanted to make an example out of the family. The parents discovered the children's bodies and then ran away before being tracked down and killed. But then the question is, who locked the house? How the killers get out. This is where the other Reddit user chimes in. This is information they got from the local media. Um, and it's kind of just like points. So um, they reiterated that it's largely accepted that the it's a murder-suicide. The dad and mom killed the kids and then killed themselves. They said that family and friends had said that there was behavior prior to the incident that indicated both parents were in a bad mental state. Um, the kids were killed one by one during a period of around two days. The mom called the school to ask for the kids to be on leave during those days. Why um, would you call the school, though? Yeah, well, yeah, and if you I were just like going to kill gonna... yourself, why even bother? Yeah. What's the point? Mm-hmm. So, um, especially if you're going to kill yourself, like, that day, like, mm-hmm. like, if you're not, if you're worried about, if you're going to stay there for, like, a week, then, yeah, call so you can buy time for the cops to not show up. The police, police believe that the parents drugged the kids and bound them before the murder, um, and then they think that it was a native plant used as a drug. There was a camera found with restored memory showing a photo of the tying up of one of the kids, which was believed to be taken by the mom. The parents were seen on CCTV after the murders, and they appeared to not be upset or running from anyone. The dad's fingerprints was found on the tape binding the kids, the police thought the dad um, was inspired by another famous family killing case in Taiwan that had occurred on the same day. I think a different year, though. Here's some other suspicious things. So there were two notes asking for help and saying that the kids had been kidnapped found in the house that in the parents' handwriting. Mm-hmm. They have debt, but the debtor had been cleared in the investigation, meaning that they didn't think that they suspected them. The police didn't understand the motive, um, and they think that the debt wasn't, like, a crazy amount. 
So maybe it's like regular there for you to have a really large amount of debt. I don't know what kind of debt is worth killing people over, but they had $91,000 worth. But apparently there it was, you know. Um, so they think that it was possible someone else killed the kids or faced the, forced the parents to do so. Um, the, but even though Taiwan accepted that it was a murder-suicide for the family. So... Also, there were some signs of the struggle. The kids uh, were bound with wire and tape, but the police believed one of the kids was gagged with the wire and had struggled significantly because it dislocated his jaw. Jeez. Mm-hmm. So then the original poster follows up. Um, and then at this point, they kind of go back and forth, so I'll just tell you when it switches. Because then they both were like... It was like up and down because they would point out something and then the other one would like... Point out something against that, and it just would keep going. So, the original poster said, if they were both in a bad mental state, why'd the parents have to kill themselves so far away? Why tie the children up if they're already drugged? How'd they leave the house while it's locked from the inside? Even if they could, why would they bother? And they said the chance, the chances of it being a filicide rather than suicide are high, but the method is bizarre. They want answers for why it happened the way it did, even if it did be a murder. So then the other person comes back. I mean, this wasn't an argument. They were both like, yeah, that's crazy. And also this. So, but I'm not going to read all of that. Mm -hmm. So the other person comes back and they said, um, there was stuff the police didn't understand either. So in the restores photos, the dad, like they're not sure if it was the dad or not, wore gloves. And what's the point if you're going to leave your fingerprints on the tape, the locked doors, they said that they couldn't find, um, articles which referred to this so they weren't sure about that like about how true it was or whatever they said that the police suggested that the homemade herbal drug was not very effective and some of the kids could have been unco- could have been conscious and struggled which would be why they were bound again um the police also thought that the parents intended to run and only killed themselves after realizing there was no way out um which is weird because like I don't know. They didn't find you for nine years. Um, the location of the suicide for the parents, there's a theory that from the place where they killed themselves, they could see the crematorium or something. So maybe they went there to witness the kid's last journey before killing themselves. But then it's like, then why kill them? Yeah. They ended up restoring a lot of photos from the camera and some had been released, but they didn't show the dad's face. But there may, or the person they believed to be the dad, but they said that there had to be unreleased contents because it seemed that they helped the police determine it was the parents. So then the OP comes back and says that maybe the dad took off, took off the gloves to use the tape because it's hard to use with gloves on. They also said um, it would explain why they had to cover their tracks was if they realized there was no way out. They were like covering their tracks and then realized like, <laughs> I can't. And then they said, why would you kill your own kids to run away when you could just run away? That's not the, the thought process of family annihilators. Yeah. That's the whole, that's their yeah. whole thing. They're that's like, the whole phenomenon I've got to destroy it. I have to destroy this whole other life in order to for start, me to live yeah. this new life. Yeah. Um, so then the other person comes back and says there's a... Compu- if it was like, okay, another theory. Real yeah, quick. yeah. What if it was the dad who annihilated the family and was like you're my love like you have to do this with me she's taking pictures of it to be like all right let me leave some sort of clues and then he's like okay now 
she gets him farther away from the house because he she's creating this theory of like yes we're gonna we're gonna go and live our lives now, mm. and then she kills them both as a redemption piece kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I could see that. That's a good theory. I didn't see that one on there. Okay, so because it is strange for them to share the same delusion. Yeah. So then the person had come back and said that there was a conspiracy theory that the local peace police were the ones behind the loan sharks slash the debtors that the dad owed money to and were the ones setting up the whole thing. I can see that. Because they had also said that the they had investigated the debtors and said, oh, it's not them. Mm-hmm. The house ended up getting gifted to someone in the police force or something like that is what they said. Uh, they haven't found anything concrete other than people saying that it came from an inside source and saying there are cup corruptions within the force. So they share, They said they weren't sure how, how reliable it is, but, um, you know, they thought it was worth pointing out. So then the OP comes back and said about the house being gifted, I heard, heard some rumors that the house was haunted. Um, some people p- moved in but then quickly moved out after a short while. Um... They said that they had doubted the inside job because it would make national headlines and the local police wouldn't dare to pull such a dangerous stunt. But I think if you all have each other's back, that that shit happens all the time. Yeah. The other person said that the Taiwanese people are really superstitious. Um, and then they went into, like, this whole legal thing, but, like, haunting is, like, recognized as a real yeah. thing there. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where people can... Uh, request like case files and everything for houses and if you have to disclose if something bad happened there because they don't want to purchase a haunted house. That would make sense. Yes. They said people often say that if you want to kill yourself you should be considerate and not do it indoors because it will make the house a legally haunted house and ruin the value for the landlord. (laughs) So. That's fucking hilarious. Yes. So. Don't be a dick. Kill yourself somewhere else. Get get out of here. What are you doing? So anyways, that was pretty good. That's it. I don't have any answers. I have a lot of questions, which is why I found it so intriguing and so mysterious. Again, the accepted thing is that the parents did it. Mm-hmm. There's just so many questions. Yeah, there's definitely the a lot of loose ends there. Yeah. That was very good though. I like that one. I never heard of it. What is it? What was their what were they called? What's their names? Oh, uh, it, it didn't appear that they share a surname, but you're What's gonna, the case called? Uh Five children murdered in Wanlin, Taiwan. <laughs> That's what it's called. Anyways. That was very good. I liked it a lot. Thank you. I hope I didn't butcher the names too bad. I did a extensive Googling, so, you know, fingers crossed. It took ten minutes. <laughs> I liked, yeah, it did. It, t- it took a long time. Ten minutes doesn't seem like a lot, but it is. It's um, a lot when you're on the time crunch. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot when you're, like, trying to do other shit. Mm-hmm. I liked your story. Those are always fun when you do those. Like, I would, it wouldn't yeah. occur to me to do that. I don't even know how I would fucking search that. Before you guys go, I have an update to tell you real quick about a story we previously did. So, I have... So, this is like... You guys are getting spoiled. This is like three weeks straight of getting an update. This is fucking nice. Actually, no, because I updated... I posted the last episode out of order. So, you went update, <laughs> no update, update. Just a little... Fun trade secret for you guys. Okay, so this is a fresh break in June 3rd this month story. So Daphne Westbrook has been found. 
Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Just as a refresher for if you don't remember that episode, um, it was not that long ago. I think it was maybe like 10 episodes ago. Yeah, it definitely wasn't. Um, Daphne, West, Daphne Westbrook had been spending a weekend at her dad's house, and when she went to go home to her mom's house, she didn't show up, and then this launched a like year-long investigation. This happened right before the pandemic. So this happened in 2019. It launched a huge investigation across state lines and everything because her dad is involved in like cryptocurrency and IT and all this shit like this. So he's like in the know and they could not find him anywhere. So they kept going places and they were all like lying to them and everything. It was a whole thing. So um, they believe she was at a serious risk of danger and they had even theorized that her dad was drugging her. Uh, they found her in Alabama. Um, she's 18 now. She turned 18 while being missing. Mm-hmm. Um, she was found by the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation. No, sorry. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation posted about it. But she was found in Samson, Alabama. So she was kidnapped in 2019 when she was 16 from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, they didn't say her anything about her condition or how she was located. Um, by the way, this is from... ABC 3340 News. Why are there so many numbers on there? (laughs) They didn't release any of that stuff, but I know that she did. She was alone in the car with her dog. And also, I'm like, she went missing with two dogs. So where's the other dog? So. They took it out bad. (laughs) Oh, God, I hope not. Sorry. They said she was on the way to the beach. Um, They said she seemed fine. We asked her if she needed anything. She said she was okay. She's like, I'm not missing. I'm 18, you dumb bitch. She then went to Facebook on that Saturday and um, said... <laughs> Imagine you're fucking going to the beach and the cops roll up on you and they're like, oh my God, you're fine. You're great. And you're like, I'm not missing. <laughs> well, and they'd been trying to contact her on her Facebook and through her phone and she wasn't answering anything from dick. any of her friends, any of her family. What if she just didn't want to deal with it? <laughs> I guess that's some shit, but I, you know, this world. They definitely, it seems like they made a mountain out of a molehill. (laughs) So she said, I was not, but there had been rumors of people who saw them and they were like, she looks drugged. She looks like she's under the influence. She looks like she's in danger. So she posted saying, I was not kidnapped. I just ran away from home. Chill out people and leave my family alone. Um, And she posted a video of herself with her dog saying, in case you want evidence that it's me. Oh god. What a rude up. little child. Why didn't you post and say I'm okay before this if you want to yeah. get mad at everyone for saying you're missing? They still haven't found her father. Just this so you know. <laughs> um he is still wanted. So I just think it's real convenient that he's still wanted and all of a sudden she shows up. However, I couldn't find the original article, but there was also an article stating that they had found ties to her at her aunt's place. Which is her father's sister, which is one of the places the police searched multiple times for them. And she was like, I haven't seen him. But they found ties when they met up with her. They found she was, like, coming from there or something, but they tied her directly to that house. And it was like... Oh, my God. Okay. Well, snitch bitch. You don't want to get caught. You don't want to tell your family. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would not snitch. (laughs) So I get it. But, well... I think she was kidnapped. No. <laughs> I think she's fucking lying. But, so, um, the thing is, remember on, like, SVU, whenever they'd have someone for years, and then they would, 
like slowly like Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, they'd slowly let them to start to go out because they started to be good. Yeah, I'm sure. I read that situation. book. Um, I think it was the J.C. Dugard book. Um, where she was, like, taken and she was kept in the backyard for years. And then they started having her go out and with, like, you know, a disguise and stuff on. But I think that's how she was eventually found or something. Mm-hmm. But they, yeah, exactly, Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast style, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 uh, so, anyways, that's just a quick update for you guys. She's found... Who fucking knows what's going to happen next in that case? I'm sure they're still going to arrest her dad. Probably. Um, it, it's not like he's wanted for anything crazy. He's wanted yeah. for, like, you know, regular shit. Plus, like, you know, mm, she didn't they even... They just kidnap off the fucking list. She didn't even tell her mom that she mm. was okay or anything. Her mom's been worried she was going to die, so oh whatever. Oh, my God. What yeah. a dick. Yeah, so I'm not going to take this little fucking kid's side. I'm glad they found her, but... Don't be, like, getting mad at everyone. You didn't tell your mom you were okay. Yeah. And and she lived with her mom, like... Beforehand. Yeah, she said... Her mom had said she was, like, thriving up until then. Anyways. That usually happens in those <clears throat> kind of cases, though. And the dad was, um... Like, they had just gotten divorced a few years previously, and she, like, living with the mom, she was, like, thriving and, you know, happier mm-hmm. because, like, the dad was apparently, like, a toxic kind of person. Yeah. So. Anyways, yeah, that's that's uh that's uh that's it. That's good. I'll have another one for you guys next week. Glad she was found though. Every day that there's one less missing person is a good day. If you want to see our social medias, we do post things, um, pictures and such and the like. Um, and also, as I previously mentioned on Instagram, we post our questions. You can answer those only because it's like I guess they also go on our Facebook though. Um, anyways, so Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are. Gumshoe Weekly. Our TikTok is <laughs> Gumshoe Weekly Pod. Gumshoe Weekly Pod. And if you would like to email us questions or suggestions, you can email us at gumshoeweekly at gmail.com. That's all, folks. Bye. That's my purse. I don't know you. <laughs>